We're here at the Pātaka Arta Museum in Porirua, which is in the electorate of the Taihauru. We're with a live audience, and the three main candidates standing in this seat, they are from the Pāti Māori, Hawi Tamati, Green Party candidate, Jack MacDonald, and the current MP, Labour's Adrian Rūrāwhe. My name is Wena Harawira, and I'll be facilitating this debate. Nō reira tēnā koutou katoa. Ki nā mana, ki nā reo, ki nā mauna hi o tēnei uh, takiwa, tēnā koutou katoa. At the end of each part, we're about to get underway, we'll be taking questions from the floor. If you do have a question, I'm going to ask that you direct it to just one candidate rather than all of them, just to save time and also allow other people to talk and um, have their chance to put their thoughts and questions forward. And just a moment, we'll be drilling down into the issues that matter to you, the people of Te Taihauru. But first, the three candidates contesting the seat. As I bring you up, you can take a good look at them, store those questions in your head, and um, we're going to be giving them a bell to start their mihi, first of all, and then a continuous bell at two minutes, in which case I will also start singing. <laughs> Jack, if I could get you to stand over here because you're the youngest and tall and you need a couple of oldies at the other side of you. <laughs> Next, a candidate used to packing down in scrums, playing hard and tough, former Waitara Bears player, Kiwi rugby league legend and coach, former New Plymouth councillor, and finally, the recently appointed Labour Party Kaikorero um, on Treaty Negotiations. Adrian Rudafe, you're the incumbent too. Hadamaikwe, Adrian. And I'm going to ask Jack MacDonald from the Green Party to begin. First of all, Jack, why vote for you and the Green Party? Come uh, Next, Howie Damati. So why vote for you, Howie, and the Māori Party? Ngā iwi i ngā reo i ngā mana, tēnā koutou. Uh, te whare e tū nei, uh, te papatua nuku i takotoki waho, tēnā kōrua. He mihi oki ki o tātou aitua, te kāhui o hini nui te pō, moi mai takato mai, hari atu rā. O reira, uh, o kurangatira, uh, wahine mā, tāne mā, kui mā, koro mā, tēnā koutou. I believe the Māori Party is the only true independent Māori voice in Parliament today. A party that represents our interests every day of the year. It is a party that I've aspired to be with. It is a party that I have been associated with since its inception. I believe that if this party 
in modern government next year, it'll be a huge loss for New Zealand. So that's why I put my name forward. I believe that I can represent Te Tai Hauauru. I believe that I can re represent your interests in all the aspects of your life. I've made a commitment to working for the Māori Party for this and for the future. I want to make a difference. This is my first time standing for Parliament. I'm really excited by it. I'm really committed to it and I'm looking forward to going into the elections against these two gentlemen here. I tell you, I really want to win. Adrian Dudafe, Labour incumbent, why should we vote for you and Labour? Tautoko ana hau te reo ko moimiti, ki o tātou āriki, nō reira i te matua e tuku atu te reo ko moimiti, anei hau tuku mihi atu ki a koe o tino, ki te hau kainga, ki te mana whenua, ngāti tōa rangatira, tēnei o ki au e tuku mihi atu ki a koutou. Ko te mea nui ki a wakarongo koutou ki ngā kōrero e pāne ki ngā take nunui, Koi nā taku hiehie. I want to say to everyone, it's been an absolute privilege and honour to represent the people of Te Tai Hauru for the last three years. I think that it's really important that politicians listen to what the people have to say. Through my mahi throughout the past three years, I've listened really carefully. I've travelled extensively throughout the electorate from Te Kaukauroa, Patatere, all the way down to here in Purirua and everything in between, which is a huge 36,000 square kilometre area to cover. One thing that I've learned really uh, well over the last three years is that the people are never wrong. And when they tell me that there's an issue about housing, there's an issue about housing. And then when they tell me that there's an issue with the health system in New Zealand, then there is one, and I've heard that, and I believe that not only that I can represent the people in Te Tai Hauru, but the Labour Party is the best party with the best policies to address those issues. Kia ora mai tātou. Tēnā koe, Adrian. Just listening to Adrian, you are probably familiar that the real power behind um, these three guys are their kuia, their aunties, and their mothers. They, of course, would want me to remind you that there are two ticks come voting time, one for the electorate candidate and one for the party vote. Kia mau mahara koutou. Tāra whakarono tonu mai kia te wero, rua mano te kaumāwhitu, hei te marae o pātaka i Pōrirua. Akāti, Pōrirua Hapa is home to the Tanifa, to the Tipua, te Awarua o Pōrirua. Later, Kupe renames the area Parirua, naming it after the two flowing tides in the waters here. Pōrirua, with a population of 55,500, is led by its first ever Māori mayor, Maitana, and it's just received a $2 million grant for fresh water improvements, a wetland project designed to improve the quality of water flowing into Te Awarua or Pōrirua Harbour and help address flooding. Which brings me to our next question for the candidates, and I pose it to you first, Howie. Water and who owns it? The government thinks it owns it because it keeps giving us back those dry water beds and the lake beds and those treaty settlements that don't give us the water. So while we're on this issue of clean rivers and, and who owns the water, tell me, what are your thoughts on this issue? Who owns the water? I believe that um, when we signed the Treaty of Waitangi, it was to protect everything that, uh, that we owned and we were living with at the time. 
and water was one of those. And I'll give you an example. If you take a hapu or an iwi that's been living next door to a puna, and they've been using it for over 300 years, surely you would think there's some ownership around that. Surely it would, it, would, it would be reasonable to argue that that hapu has responsibility because they've had kaitiakitanga over that water. I believe it's a right and it's an ownership thing that, that it belongs to the people, it belongs to Māori. I believe that the Treaty of Waitangi guarantees that and I, I think it's an issue that we need to pick up and say that Māori are the people that will look after it. So they won't sell it off, they won't abuse it. Generations of looking after Te Paiao. We own it. That's what I say. Tenakoi. Adrian, your party, Labour, would never agree to Māori owning the water. Is that true? Um, I think there's a number of things that we have to think about around water. Whether you're on the side that no one owns the uh, water or everyone owns the water doesn't actually take you very far until there's an issue about the commercial side and who has interest in it. Because once you have people making money off water, then there becomes a commercial interest to it. And our policy is to charge a royalty on that water. That's Um, very unpopular with farmers. Someone has to pay to clean up our waterways. And it's either going to be the general public, the taxpayer, or those who are making it dirty. Now... I think the way forward on that issue is to have a a real conversation with the farming sector and come to an agreement about how exactly that's going to be done. We haven't put a price on it, and there's some wild prices out there that uh, some people say that uh, Labour and government would charge, which is absolutely incorrect. And, And I'll make one point about the difference between how farmers use water and how someone who bottles water to sell it Overseas, one comes from pristine aquifers under the under the ground. Others taking sometimes dirty water out of the river onto the land, which leaches back into uh, the ecosystem. That's the difference, and so we would have a different pricing regime for that. The issue of who owns the water, though, is one that I don't think any government is really going to determine. If you have a look at the Tawatupua settlement, the river owns itself. No one owns that water. Jack MacDonald, what's the Green Party's stance on this? Who owns water? So we also go back to the founding position of Te Tiriti o Waitangi, and the Green Party has a fundamental commitment to the Māori text of Te Tiriti o Waitangi at the foundation of our charter. Um, And so as a consequence of that, we absolutely uphold Māori proprietorial and customary rights to water. We have put uh, water issues on the um, agenda of the elections for the last three elections. Um, In this election, we are again saying that we are going to be the party that will restore the Modi of all of our awa and Aotearoa. Now, a critical part of that mahi uh, is um, helping to facilitate the conversation that is already happening among iwi and hapu about how Māori customary and proprietorial rights in water are expressed. In terms of our water bottling policy, we also had a policy in terms of um, putting a royalty on um, people who are taking that water for water bottling. We're going to put half of that revenue um, to mana whenua until that conversation has determined the customary and proprietorial rights and how those rights are expressed, because it is an ongoing debate among hapu and iwi at this time. So uh, we're absolutely committed to it. We are led, as always, by hapu and iwi on these issues. Tēnā Jack. I'd like to move on now to discuss seabed mining. It's a major concern for the Taihawauru electorate because just last week 
the Environmental uh, Protection Authority ruled in favour of Trans-Tasman Mining Company dredging 50 million tonnes of iron sand a year from South Taranaki. Howie, this affects the whole of the Taihawauru's coastline. How will the Māori Party respond to this? We'll support Ngāti Nui in their appeal or in their uh, position that they've taken against sea mining. I want to paint a picture for you. If you imagine a boat, a ship, as big as a football field, on the seabed, this huge, huge vacuum cleaner that can suck up the sea bottom to the depth of a three-storey building and throw it up into the ship, where the ship separates out the iron sands and then pumps out all the rest over the side of the boat and it falls back, it's called the plume. It'll just stay there, it floats slowly to the bottom, suffocating our fish, disturbing the seabed. These people now have been given the right to mine for 35 years. You imagine over 35 years how many thousands of ships will take away over 50 million tonnes of iron sands a year. Jack, the Greens want a moratorium on seabed mining. What will this achieve? Well, it will mean it will put a stop to it, um, which is what our whānau and our hapu and our iwi want. I want to mihi uh, first and foremost to the mana of Ngāti Ruanui um, and indeed um, the many um, hapu and iwi who have tautoko Ngāti Ruanui in Taranaki and in Whanganui to oppose this destructive mahi that does vandalise our environment and undermines our rights as mana whenua. I was quite heartened by the fact that two of the, um, the panellists in the EPA voted mm. against it and that the chair cast his casting vote, and so I'm hoping that the appeal will have some influence. I want to encourage Fano to get behind Ngāti Ruanui. I know some other iwi are considering whether they can support financially because it takes a lot of money for them to take a successful appeal. Our moana off the coast of Taranaki is a habitat um, for Maui dolphins and for a number of incredibly uh, endangered um, species. It's just of fundamental importance that um, we support Ngāti Ruanui and others who are upholding their kaitiaki rights to protect them. Adrian, clearly the EPA ignored Nazi Ruanui opposition and the concerns of other environmental groups. It was a split decision, but do you think a Labour government review is necessary? The comments around the consultation that Trans-Tasman Resource Limited did not have with Ngāti Ruanui and other iwi. That's really a fundamental issue, consultation 101 really with iwi and Māori, and that needs to be addressed. I don't agree that the chairman of that decision-making committee was able to have a casting vote. When you think about all kinds of fora throughout the country, including Parliament, you either get an absolute majority or it doesn't go through. To all is not a win. One of the protocols around that kind of decision making is that when there's a split vote, you go with the status quo, not for the change. Why would you place um, that kind of decision making in the hands of that kind of committee? I know that our spokesperson on this issue, uh, David Parker, is looking at how we can change things to make that better. Well, we're going to take a question from the floor now. And Takuparai, can I get you to stand? I understand you have a question for one of the candidates. Growing up as a young person, I knew where to get kite. I knew how to get kite. Today, I never mm. think that I would see 
This country has so many homelessness. Our Mubakuna have been treated the way they've been treated. How are you going to fix that? And who do, who, who do you want to answer that question, Taku? I'll do that question to help. Tēnā koe haui. One minute. It's not an easy task, Taku, te rangatira. We all know that uh, our people live in uh, uh, deprivation. They don't have the money. It is very, very difficult. We need to put things in place, support services around these people. Last weekend, I visited uh, Te Puya and Marae. I saw the work that they were doing. It's from a Māori perspective. They offered these people, these homeless people who are living in cars. They put these services around them and they found them homes where they'd been living in their cars for six months. It took them a week and a half to get one family uh, set up through the system, that they knew the system, they worked the system for them. Um, it's like uh, final water. They, they, they're able to wrap around all these different uh, agencies to come in and help them. So that was one way of actually helping our people. We're here at Pātaka Museum Porirua with the three main candidates for Te Taihawaru, Green Party, Jack MacDonald, Māori Party, Howie Tamati, and Labour MP incumbent, Adrian Rudafe. I'd like to move on now to economic policies. Adrian, what's Labour's economic plan to get people off Struggle Street? The way forward on that is, number one, don't give the top 10% earners in New Zealand a $400 million tax break. That wouldn't be a good idea. You take that money and you spend it by boosting the incomes of low-income people. That's how you change the dynamics within uh, that kind of economic framework. That's our policy. We need to address the inequalities in New Zealand. We need to address the fact that we are underfunding education, we're underfunding health, we're underfunding housing to a huge extent. And actually the answer, Matsua, to your question about homeless, build more houses. It's an underlying issue that some of our whānau have to cope with is living in garages. There's 14,000 Māori who are homeless tonight. It's cold out there. They're homeless. They're living in garages, two, three families to a house. Kāpai Howie, Māori Party, supported Nationals' budget. You'd agree then that with Prime Minister Bill English that we have a rock star economy. We have an um, unemployment rate that's at an all-time low. Everything's heading in the right direction. But what is the economic plan of the Māori Party? I approach this in a really positive way. I see that uh, where we are with the, the Iwi settlements now is that Māori are getting more and more economic power. I think in the years, years go by, we are going to get more and more powerful. So we talked about Iwi Rao, we're talking about Iwi Investment, we're talking about Iwi Bank. We should have our own banks, we shouldn't be going to a Pākehā bank. We can raise the money, we're going to get the economic power. So the Māori Party is going to support uh, the drive to stand on our own two feet and be independent of that. We're talking about Iwi Tourism, everything is about Iwi. So our support will be going into that area there. Tenakoi Jack, there's a perception that the Greens are more into whenua rather than finance. What's one economic policy the Greens could implement that would immediately help people? There's certainly a perception among our people, I'd admit, in the past that the Greens have been focused um, solely on the environment. I think if the last month hasn't put um, that to bed, I don't know what will. Matiria, about a month ago... Um, announced um, the most radical plan to transform our welfare system in over 30 years, to return equality and compassion back to the heart of our um, country. 
right here in Tatai indeed right here in Purirua, we have the highest rates of rheumatic fever among children and teenagers in the developed world. Across the country, we have the highest rates of homelessness in the developed world. We have a mental health crisis. We have hundreds of thousands of children growing up in poverty, 100,000 Māori who are dependent on benefits. So what Matidia's plan was saying is that we will not be a government that uses poverty as a weapon against its own people. We will be a government that actually restores all core benefits by 20%. We will be a government that removes benefit sanctions. We will be a government that raises the minimum wage, that actually restores a culture of compassion for our poorest people in this country. Well, we're moving on to welfare, staying on economics, but moving into welfare again. Jack, just, just to reiterate again some of the points you made about Metedia, she paid the ultimate price for admitting benefit fraud to highlight the hardships suffered by beneficiaries and the punitive measures of agencies like WINS. Very inflexible. So does Metedia's resignation take the gloss off Green's families package that you announced in July? No, absolutely not. Um, Matidia was, unfortunately, and for me, it's been devastating, hounded out of her job um, by, um, if I'm perfectly honest, um, a racist and sexist witch hunt um, by a Pākehā establishment and a mainstream Pākehā media. We've had thousands and thousands of messages from our people, from Māori, who are saying we stand behind Matidia 100%, and they didn't want um, Matidia to resign. But she has because the pressure on her whānau was just getting too much. But Matiria is still 100% behind our kaupapa. She's still standing as our candidate into Tai Tonga. And alongside Marama Davidson, she will continue to be leading our mahi on poverty. Um, and I think Matiria has really shown herself uh, to be one of the most important Māori leaders of her generation. And I think that's how history will see her. Kia ora. Howie Tāria Natsuria has often spoke about how people need to be independent of welfare. What tangible difference has Fano Order made in getting people out of um, wealthy dependency? Well, my own personal experience with Whānau Water is it is, it is a fantastic programme. It provides a wraparound service. It provides a one-stop shop for people who are struggling to survive, who need help, need advice, need direction. Whānau Order does that. They put one person, a navigator around them, who helps find the help that they need. And I have personal experience that for family members who have been struggling having to look after themselves, take their kids to this ministry, to that ministry, to that ministry. They go to final order, they get one person to deal with, that person looks after them, cares for them, finds been, houses have been found for them, work has been found, benefits have been proved for them, everything that service provides. I think it's one of the best Māori services ministry that we've got. Adrian, tell us how well Kainga Whenua and Welcome Home Loan schemes are working for the people of Te Tai um, You know, first of all, I just want to say it'd be a mistake to uh, view all of these issues in isolation to each other. Uh, unless we deal with the fundamental ish underlying issues of poverty and inequality, and I want to uh, endorse what um, Jack is saying, that the Labour and uh, the Green Party actually have an agreement around uh, our fiscal responsibilities, uh, putting together a government post the election. I think that um, we just need to do more in that space. And uh, just one thing that really bothers me actually recently, and that was uh, the government has removed whānau first principle uh, for the new oranga 
tamariki um, organisation. That has the potential of having a devastating effect on our, on our families. The issue really you know, around housing um, is it's not enough. There Definitely. has not been enough under current government policies to address the housing crisis, both homelessness and the low levels of home ownership by Māori. Tēnā koe. We're going to take a question from the floor now. I'd like to call on Huinga Jackson Greenman. What is your question and who would you like to answer it, please? What's Labour's position in terms of supporting um, families who are wanting to send their young children to early childhood facilities in face of the fact that most of early childhood now is becoming privatised? Yep. One minute. Yep. Uh, first of all, the, uh, this current government has reduced early childhood e- education funding. Our policy is to restore that funding and to increase it to the levels that it would have been if those cuts had not been made. It's really important. That is the most important time, I believe, uh, in a child's life, in their learning life, and how they will carry on into the future. If we get that right, primary school, secondary school, and tertiary becomes a little bit easier. That's a proven fact. Uh, and I can see there's uh, a couple of teachers in the audience n- nodding. It's actually really important. Um, if you have a look at the uh, uh, level of um, the national government's funding, not only for early childhood education, but the operations grant for secondary and primary schools was frozen last year, and then they go into this targeting arrangement, which really does not work. It's unfair if you analyse um, what happened to our schools throughout Te Tai Hauru, which I did, most of their funding reduced. Tēnā koe. Tēnā koe, Adrian. Thank you for your answer. We're here at Pātaka Museum Porirua with the three main candidates for Te Tai Hauru, Green Party Jack MacDonald, Māori Party Howie Tamati and Labour MP Adrian Rudafe. Recent Pākehā polling, URM, has Labour on 36%, Greens down to 8%, and so too is New Zealand First at 8 If the Māori Party at the least holds steady on one5 or increases that percentage, then the Māori Party could yet play a critical role in forming the next government. So where in the Taihawaru are those critical marginal polling booths? Where are these candidates going to squeeze extra electorate votes from? Let's go to you first, Jack. Now, they're only individual polling booths, but very significant, because in 2014, you won them outright. And they are in Waikakariki and uh, Raumatsi. The question is, has Metiria's departure as co-leader and probably parliament altogether maybe, hurt your personal campaign and the Green Party brand? Oh, absolutely not. Materia, as I was talking about earlier, has given huge strength and power to our Māori campaign and we're receiving more support from our people than ever before. Um, those booths that you referenced, that's where I'm from. I grew up in Paikākariki and so um, all of the Māoris know there. Uh, they know me, um, Raumati included. Um, but I would actually encourage those whānau in Paikākariki 
give me your party vote, not your electorate vote, because it's actually the party vote that will get me into Parliament. I'm number 11 on the Green Party list. We only need 8.4 per cent, um, which even on that bad poll uh, the Green Party was on. <laughs> give us as many of your party votes so we can get two uh, representatives for our Rohan Parliament. Polls change. The only poll that matters is on the day, eh? On voting day. Howie Tamati, your predecessor, Chris McKenzie, made huge inroads into Taumarunui and Tokoroa. He's put you neck and neck with Adrian. Uh, you're not Chris, though. What's your game plan to keep that loyalty and pull in new voters? I'm a face-to-face -face person. A kānohi ki te kānohi. You've got to meet people, you've got to talk to them face-to-face, -face. you've got to let them see you. So my plan is, uh, is what it's always been, is to get around this region. It's such a huge region. Got, we've got Porirua, Tokoroa, um, Tikuiti. So, uh, but as much as possible, I'll, I'll be visual for them. I'll be in there to try and com convince them that I'm the best person to do the job here. And uh, I will certainly do my best to actually represent them. So kānohi ki te kānohi, can't be. Adrian, according to electoral results 2014, you hold most of New Plymouth. Titahi Bay is yours, definitely Dātanapā, Palmerston North, but not Ōtaki. I don't know what's going on in Ngātaroka. <laughs> Are you feeling safe? My opinion about Te Taihauru hasn't changed over three years, and um, the way that me and my team campaign throughout the electorate is... Uh, really you've got to run about five different campaigns in, in, for the seat, that's a reality because the issues here in Porirua are quite different to the ones in Tokoroa uh, and quite different again to the, the campaign that I would run in Palmerston North. It's about uh, having the right strategies and the right messages to engage with the people of, of that Place. Of course, there's some commonalities across the whole electorate as well. But um, in, in Ōtaki, uh, which is uh, um, almost, I was going to say the home of the Māori Party, but I think that might be Whangaihu, where I live, <laughs> where my auntie Tariana is down the road. Uh, but uh, very strong presence there, of course, in, uh, in Ōtaki, and, um, and that's understandable. I have uh, visited Ōtaki many times over the last uh, three years. I hope I've made some, at least uh, some inroads into the Hōra Whenua. On to treaty settlements. So the Whanganui River and Te Uruera have been given legal status, uh, uh, of a, the legal status of a person, and the Crown here in Taihauru anyway, formally apologised for atrocities committed during the sacking of Parihaka in Taranaki. Howie Damati, you were there for the Parihaka apology. How significant is that for the people of Parihaka? It's hugely significant. My wife is uh, Secretary of the Parihaka Papakainga Trust. I saw the work that they did in regards to uh, first... Uh, talking to the Taranaki Iwi to try and get them to understand that Pariaka was was separate from their overall claim. Uh, that was supported by Taranaki Iwi. They went forward because Pariaka is a is an amazing place. It gives Pariaka the opportunity to um, to develop their infrastructure, uh, mm. to create uh, you know their identity. The healing that's gone on and within Pariaka since that time 
has been hugely meaningful and, um, and good for that community. Tenakoi. Adrian Rudafi, commiserations again on your recent elevation to treaty negotiations spokesperson and maybe minister one day for Labour, but let's face it, your party has a record of doing a lot of the work of treaty settlements, but you never get it past the finish line. It's always national. Look, as a former treaty negotiator myself for my iwi, I know what the process is like, and it's, it's, uh, it's a tough one. And uh, I went through as a negotiator with four different uh, ministers of treaty negotiations, and the last two were Michael Cullen and Christopher Finlayson. Uh, and I have to say that, that uh, Michael Cullen definitely changed the framework of how things were done. Christopher uh, Finlayson took it to another level as Is well. Is it too so, crown-driven, though, do you think? Oh, I, I think we have to kind of... Um, a couple of things. One, the crown has probably gotten over itself. Um, and, and the other thing, uh, we as we need to get over ourselves too, I've got to say. Um, and that's really about accept, uh, a couple of things that I always say, and I said it this morning in the, in the House for three treaty bills, um, that we have to understand what this flawed process can deliver. We have to understand what it cannot deliver. And we have to ask the question, can we live with it? And up until probably uh, 19 years ago, the answer was, well, no, we can't live with it. The Crown had to come up with better mechanisms to address all of those issues. Jack MacDonald, can the Green Party do a better job at treaty settlements? Can you, will you change that treaty settlement landscape? While Adrian is correct that in the current situation, we have to accept these incredibly bad deals because we have to be mindful of what the process can actually deliver. That's why we need to change the process. So I mentioned earlier we had a treaty policy launch and a Māori campaign launch. The other aspect of that launch was um, saying, which we've been consistently saying for years now, but putting on the table of the election, um, we do not agree that treaty settlements can be full and final. It's because the treaty settlement process itself um, creates further divisions and further breaches into territory. We will end the large natural groupings policy. We will, um, we will uphold Hakutanga um, and we will um, have a, a comprehensive review of the entire process. Um, so this, we've stood consistently against the political consensus on treaty settlements. Labour and National have really sung from the same songbook um, in relation to treaty settlements. We're saying we'd do it completely differently because we accept Article 2 of the Tiriti of Waitangi. Koe. On to Te Ture Whenua Māori. Um, the controversial bill was introduced by Minister for Māori Development, Te Ruru and according to the Minister, it will make it easier for Māori landowners to make decisions about how they use and develop their land while also protecting their cultural interests. Howie Damati, the Māori Party, says it's giving tino rangatiratana back to Māori landowners by reducing the role of the Māori Land Court. You're going to give them this tino rangatiratana with a new Māori land service and most likely the punikokiri to run it. Is that a good thing? Well, anything's better than what they've got now, uh, winner. The Tūri Whenua Act is a uh, is a document of change, but it's not finished yet. It's an opportunity to, to actually move forward. Uh, the intent was to stop losing our land, uh, to give control back to Māori owners and to make it easier for Māori 
to make a decision on what they do with their own lands. The intent of the, the Tūri Whenua Act as it is, it was, it's sitting on the table right now, and Tūrero took it off the table because he didn't want to put it through and rush it through, like the, the legislation around the Foreshore and Seaweed Act. He decided to take it out and leave it on the table uh, to give people time to come back. There has been over um, 300 meetings over the period of time that, that he's talked to, the, to, to different people at all, every, every reach of the country to talk about the change in the Tūri Whenua Act. So it's such an important act, but we can't not do something about it because we're continually losing our money. Yeah. Adrian Rudafe, there are high pockets of Māori land ownership in this electorate, Parinini Hiki Waitotara, to just mention one. Mm. What are Māori landowners telling you about the current reforms as proposed by the Māori Party? The, the major comment that I want to make on this particular bill, and it's wrong to say that, that it's off the table, they've just pushed pause because they can't get it through in this parliament. That's the, that's the truth of it. Um, I've said in the House that it is constitutionally unprincipled the way they've handled this. The consultation has not happened on the last set of amendments that have been put on the table, a 467-page document that was placed on the table as a supplementary order paper after the select committee process. So it hasn't been scrutinised by the select committee. And if you want to make major changes like this, you have to take the people with you. Let me just confirm just yep. once more, because Mecca Vaitsiri has said that this is off Labour's table. It's off. It's dumped. Yeah. But you're saying, no, it's just paused. No, no, no. I'm saying that what how we said about what... Um, Tūrudor has done isn't correct. It is, they're saying it's off the table. Well, no, it's sitting on the Parliament's table. It's always been off our table, the Labour okay. Party table. If it were to, to pass, it. we would repeal it okay. because the, we, it hasn't taken the people with them. Jack MacDonald, do the Greens support Labour's intentions to vaporise the Māori Party's land reforms? Do you think the Māori Party are on a hiding to nowhere with this policy? What are your thoughts? Well, I do, I do want to acknowledge Minister Flavel for, um, at the last minute, um, taking off the table. He could have chosen to rush it through Parliament under urgency, and that would have been a travesty. Um, but at the same time, um, he has pursued these reforms for many years now without the broad support or mandate of Māori. Um, this does not have the mandate of Māori, which is why we don't support it. Um, despite all of those consultation hui's, it's not about the number of hui's, it's about what you're actually hearing at the hui. Um, and, the, and the feedback at those hui were very clear. Um, one of the, our main driver for us in terms of any Māori land reform is that the, the, the primary goal should be to retain the small amount of Māori land that is in Māori ownership. I mean, you referenced Paraninihiki Waitotara, that might look like a, a large block of land compared to other um, iwi, but really, that is a pittance of what was taken. All of our whenua in Taranaki was confiscated. That is a pittance. And so I'm really proud of the work that um, our uh, spokesperson for Te Tiritia Waitangi, Catherine Delahunty, has done this year uh, and last year to campaign against the Public Works Act, which is still stealing whenua Māori, just up in um, Kapiti from the Grace Whānau a few years ago. Um, so uh, this is an ongoing issue. Our priority is to ensure that Māori land remains in Māori ownership, and we would also repeal the bill if it went through the current form. Thank you, Jack. I'd like to call on uh, the renowned artist um, Tasi Nicholas with our uh, question from the floor. Are you standing in a place which is surrounded by this beautiful art? 
a Maori and Pacific Island artist, and you're in this wonderful city of Porirua. I'm curious to see what your real commitment personally is to this city and also to the Maori and Pacific Island art movements who are now push themselves. They didn't wait for you. They went all over the world. They're in the film industry, the fashion industry, visual arts. They are everywhere all over the world. But they constantly need support from their own people. Mm. So I'm interested in your personal commitment, and I'm asking any of you to answer the question, uh, your personal commitment to the whole contemporary Maori art and Pacific Island art movement. Could I ask um, you, Jack, to answer that one? Hi, um, thank you, Matsu, and I would really like to answer that question because um, I come from a Afano of Māori artists, um, and indeed, um, as well as Purirua, just up the road in Paikakariki, where I'm from, is a very also artistic community. Um, so, um, you know, I draw back on the inspiration of my um, grandmother, um, Jackie Baxter, who was, uh, in her pen name, J.C. Sturm, one of um, our first Māori woman writers um, in Aotearoa. Um, and so I have some understanding of the struggles that Māori artists uh, face, because... Um, despite a perception that, you know, as an artist you might live some sort of middle-class lifestyle, it's really not the case. Um, you know, um, it's struggled just to put food on the table, um, despite the amazing mahi that um, our um, toy tohunga are doing. Um, so um, my, my commitment to it is that I actually um, want to be a voice for that sector in Parliament, and I actually would be interested in the arts and culture portfolio. Um, and um, in terms of my commitment to Purirua, um, I'm based just up the road. Um, this, is, um, this is where I grew up. Um, and I'm going to be spending a lot of my time here. I think it's important to acknowledge that here in Purirua, uh, it's actually the population base of Te Taihawairu, and so I think there's a responsibility for us uh, to, be, uh, to spend a lot of time here and talk with whānau here in Purirua. Tēnā koe. Welcome to the Wero 2017, brought to you by Te Whakaruru Hau o Ngā Reo Irirani Māori and Mangai Pāho. We're here at Pātaka Museum Porirua with the three main candidates for Te Taihawauru, Green Party, Jack MacDonald, Māori Party, Howie Tamati, and Labour MP, Adrian Rudafe. What do you call a politician that goes after the youth vote? Unelected. Because 40% of 18... <laughs> 18 to 25-year-olds in the last election did not vote. A quarter of all Māori did not vote. You know, but quite frankly, ages jokes aside, the downward spiral of youth participation in general elections in this country is no laughing matter. There are 7,600 rangatahi voters under the age of 30 in this electorate, but only 52% went to the polls and voted in 2014. Jack... You're putting your hand up to be a voice for your generation. Why aren't young people voting, especially young Māori? So the first thing I would say is that I reject uh, the idea that um, us as rangatahi are apathetic or not uh, interested in mm. politics. Um, actually, I think our young people are incredibly interested in politics. The reason why we've seen that declines in youth participation in politics is because politicians haven't given us a reason to vote. The responsibility is actually on political parties and on politicians. We've seen young people in other parts of the world get incredibly inspired and have massive influence on the outcome of elections, you know, whether it was Bernie Sanders or Jeremy Corbyn. Their movements were driven by young people. And so I do want to be in Parliament as a voice for rangatahi Māori. I think there's a responsibility on those of us rangatahi who are in politics to stand up and try and be a voice. 
but I would never try and claim to be a voice for all rangatahi. I mean, at the end of the day, I also see it as a responsibility of me to encourage other rangatahi to actually use their voice because not only uh, do we not give them a reason to vote, they also don't necessarily see their place in politics. So we have to open up that place for them. Kia ora. Howie, it's said that if you vote when you're 18, then you're more likely to continue to vote. So do you support mandatory voting for 18-year-olds? Well, not just for um, under 18. I think uh, it should be mandatory for everyone to vote. The ability to vote is so hard won. And uh, the understanding the responsibilities of, of voting is very important. And I know in other countries um, that uh, if you don't vote, uh, you, you, um, you get fined. So what's the message to parents with 18-year-olds? The key thing is uh, we've got to give them hope. When, when they are listening to and seeing on the, on the television, that's why they live in fantasy worlds half the time. We've got to give them hope, right? We've got to, we've got to make it easier for them to vote. In online voting, work in their world. We've got to talk to them, we've got to educate them and explain, and explain why they, it's important for them to vote. Kia ora. Adrian, no doubt your leader Jacinda Ardern appeals to younger voters, but in fact the bulk of people who vote for Labour are actually aged over 60. So it's, it serves your cause better if young people don't show up on September 23rd, perhaps. Mm. They'll most likely vote for your opponents. There's a lot going on in that space, actually, not just around voting. Um, when you consider there's 90,000 young people, 15 to 25 years old, not in education, not in employment, not in training, uh, there's a lot to contend with, and voting may not be a priority right at that time. They don't come to public meetings like this. They don't, um, you know, you've got to go to where the rangatahi are. I know that we have a broad uh, appeal in other age groups as well. Finally, I just want a quick response from you first, um, uh, Howie. Māori names for the Kāpiti Expressway. People are saying the names are unpronounceable. Do you think Council will accept the Māori names like Kākākura Road when they can make their decision on the options at the end of the year? Well, I've heard this debate uh, many times in New Plymouth as well, saying, oh, those names are too hard to say, and they, well, they sound too close together, so I, I don't know what they mean, you know? We should be very proud of our names. Our names establish an identity. It tells you that we lived there. This is our place, not just, uh, you know, park our names that have no actual connection to the land. This gives us a place for our identity and to say that we lived here, we owned here. Denakwe. We're going to take our last question from the floor, and it's from Kelly. Denakwe. Kia ora. Um, the question that I have this evening, I'd actually like to bring it back to the housing issue, was under the Clark government that our social houses, our Housing New Zealand stock, were actually sold. So it was really interesting to hear this evening that the plan is um, for Labour to build more houses but we know that there isn't the capacity to actually build those homes. So I'd like to ask this question to you, Howie. What is the Māori Party going to do to resolve this issue that we have? The plan is to build uh, 30,000 housing over the next period of three years. So I know that um, the the challenges in regards to doing that is is huge, but... um, there is houses there from housing stock. What we want to do is explore um, uh, transferring ownership and management of state housing uh, into Māori housing providers because 
we understand our needs. We understand the, the need for affordable homes for our people. So what we want is control for the housing, Māori housing providers, iwi and hapu, to be uh, in control of building the houses for our people. Tēnā koe. Well, this is the wero Rua Mano, Te Kaumāwhiti. We're here at Te Pātaka in Porirua, which is in the electorate of Te Taihawaru. We're with a live audience and the three main candidates standing in this seat. The Party Māori, Howie Tamati, Green Party, Jack MacDonald, and the current MP, Labour's Adrian Rudafi. Last words, gentlemen. You have one minute. We'll ring the bell to start you off, and a continuous bell when your minute is up with me singing Tani Tani Bere. Let's start with you, Howie Tamati, Māori Party. Last words. My, my wife and I have been active in hapu, whānau hapu and iwi activities in Kaupapa for many, many years. Uh, we, we've striven to, to create a legacy for our, our whānau and our mukapuna. It's a legacy based on a, a really deep desire uh, for them to know who they are and, and uh, to honour their, their tūpuna. I think of my uh, Ngāti Mutunga tūpuna, uh, Tā Māori Pomari and Te Rangihiroa and the legacy that le- they left the, back in the 1900s as uh, Māori MPs. Uh, I think of the legacy left by Dame Tariana Turia, who took that step to cross the floor, her courageous stand that she took, to, actually created the Māori Party. Those are the people that inspire me. It's their legacy that leave for me to follow. Tēnā koe te Thank you. Jack MacDonald, Green Party. Tēnā tātou katoa, nā mihi mahana kia koutou uh, so I'm really privileged to be standing again for the third time um, in Te Taihauaru as the Green Party candidate. Um, I'm campaigning again um, for the party vote. Um, in this election, there is a real opportunity of me being elected um, to be a voice uh, for Te Taihauaru, uh, for a voice for Rangatahi Māori, and indeed a voice uh, for, te, uh, for all of Te Ao Māori. Uh, so party vote green in this election to get more Māori Green MPs such as myself elected to Parliament, party vote green so we can change the government in this election, and party vote green so we can get action on poverty, on our uh, awa uh, and on our rao and tikanga. If you vote for who you think is going to be the best representative of your rohe, but if you give your party vote to the Greens, we can get two representatives for this rohe. Two for the price of one. How good is that? Kia ora. Tēnā koe. Finally, Labour MP Adrian Rudafi. Tēnā koe. Tēnā tātou. Voters in Te Taihauru this year have a clear choice to make, either change or more of the same. We have a plan to address the housing crisis. We will build 100,000 houses. We will build 17,000 of those at, at a minimum for Māori families. And we do have a plan to actually build them. We also have the plan to restore the funding to education, restore the funding to health and restore the funding to social services. Our country needs to address those issues. We have a plan to make certain that the funds that tax collected goes to where it's really needed, and that is to boost the incomes of those on the lowest incomes. And that means whānau. We, we have that plan. We are committed to making a change this election. And as I say, you can vote for the same more of the same or change. Noreda Tenatato Kato. Let's do this. Mm-hmm.
For our whānau here at Pātaka, thank you for joining us. A special mihi again to Adrian Wagner and his team from Te Upokotika who helped organise this event, to Jay Hollows of Pātaka Museum and Mike Tana, the Mayor of Porirua. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us on the Wero 2017, brought to you by Te Whakaruru Hau o Nareo Irirani Māori and Te Mangai Pāho. To you, the three main candidates standing in the seat, Tai Hawaru, from the Party Māori, Howie Tamati, Green Party, Jack MacDonald, and the current MP, Labour's Adrian Rudafi. Thank you and good luck. And we're Naharawira Kia ora.